Thank you so much for joining me on Teach Me How to Money. Once again, we have one of my favorite people at Stash. It's Giff Carter. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So I have a question for you, Giff. I don't mean Mm -hmm. to get personal, but how are you teaching your kids about money? (laughs) I would say poorly. (laughs) I find Uh, that hard to believe. Ah, It's true. So I have a uh, soon-to-be eight and soon-to-be nine-year-old. And, you know, we, like most parents, we have them on an allowance. And... um, they each get $5 a week, and they can generally spend it on, on whatever they want. Okay. Uh, there's always some restrictions, right? Uh, but, you know, that's the plan. <laughs> what do the kids want these days? Uh, you know, candy is Aww. the never-ending supply. Uh, Pokemon cards always come up. Uh, I've noticed that the um, apparently $5 is, is the right number because the toy stores have a whole area of $5 things that include oh. little packs of Pokemon cards and these uh, new things called Roblox. It's, That's great. These look like terrible little toys to me, uh, little dolls, <laughs> but the kids love them, right? So that's what we tend to spend it on. Okay. Um, so the reason why I'm asking is because um, we're going to talk today about custodial accounts. Um, I didn't actually know what they were until I started researching them for Stash. But I just wanted to ask you, why would you want to set up an account for a kid or for any child when you can just, like, give them 500 bucks and say, you did a great job for graduating high school. Go out into the world. Yeah, well, I think that there's a couple of things, right? So I am in the process of opening them for my kids. Um, I was actually going to do it yesterday, but it turns out I don't have their Social Security numbers with me. (laughs) And this is... but. When we think about how we help people on stash, right, the biggest thing that we always encounter is that people don't learn saving and investing anymore. Sure. Maybe they never learned it. I don't know. Um, But they don't. And so we have to teach that behavior and help people develop it. And so this is a way to engage with your kids to teach them that when they're, in my case, eight and nine years old nearly. So I think that's like the most important thing. I think the, the second thing is it's this fascinating way to engage your children in how the world works. Absolutely. So the moment you start to break down a discussion into there's a company that makes Pokemon cards. Right. And do you want to own a piece of it? And what does that mean? And how does it work? And it can lead you... Uh, you know, not in a political way, but it leads you down these fascinating conversations about who actually works for the company. How do they get paid, right? And you know, my kids at you know, eight and nine, they understand that I go off to work, I, I earn some money, I come back, a certain money I've spent on, on the house and, you know, this, that, the other, right? And it, it creates this opportunity to discuss how that works for each person along the chain as it's doing it. And then it also opens up things like how does money actually work, right? Right. How does a bank actually work? So it opens up all these very interesting things to do, and they like it because it's a game. Absolutely. And and when you say when you buy this pack of Pokemon cards, what is this sale? How does it trickle its way up to this account that you now have. It's really interesting to see how far their money goes. So I uh, I tried to do that uh, a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. How'd it go? Uh, it was a little harder than I thought, right? Okay. So uh, the older one is in long division, right? Third grade. I remember so, that. So uh, I tried to make up numbers to represent what share of the $3.90, whatever it is, cent purchase price would actually go to him if he owned one share okay. of uh, uh, the company that does it. And we, we, we broke down in the math, but it was actually fun to try and do it. And, uh, you know, my, my son 
Uh, I won't say that he loves math. He tolerates it. <laughs> uh, so, like, this is not like this was his joy in life. Sure. But putting it in the way of, like, actually some number of that $3.97 is going to come back to you was this great sort of engagement tool for them. I also kind of like the idea that you, you're teaching the next generation to not just consume goods, but to also be a participant in the world. Yeah, the biggest, you know, you asked me how I'm doing teaching them about money, and the answer is a little bit uh, I'm doing terrible because when I grew up, I remember encountering things of the, you know, your, your glasses would break, right? Sure. And, and you took out tape and you taped them back together because there was not money in the budget, right? I grew up in the 70s and, you know, people were just way poorer then, and, and you know, there was not money to do that. And today, I notice when things break, my kids say, oh, well, let's just go to the store and get a new one, right? And there's a little bit of a lack of appreciation for money and what it takes. Um, and so I, I love this sort of ability to get into it with them and really talk through all that happens in order to make the glasses or the, uh, the Pokemon or whatever it is appear and how many people have to work to do it and then how the money is allocated out. And if you like something, you know, instead of just consuming, you know, just say Coca-Cola, just buying it, you can say, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a shareholder, you know, right. I don't like the color of this can. Listen yeah. to me, I'm a shareholder. Well, think about all the things you can do, right? So you can start <laughs> doing uh, letters to CEOs to share your business ideas for them. And, I think that's pretty neat. Um, that This is all, the whole future opens up with this. <laughs> but of course, you know, that's not what they were actually originally for. No? Right. Obviously, trusts that own... You know, assets for kids have been around for hundreds of years, at okay. least, right? And that's the parents die typically and assets go into the trust and the child grows up with them, et cetera. As time went on, especially in the 20th century, you started to have children actually earn their own money. And uh, there was a bunch of high-profile cases, but it was all these child actors in the early days of radio and TV. Oh, Jackie Coogan. Precisely. Um, and they would, you know, earn a lot of money, and mom and dad would take the money and would, you know, spend it on... Fur coats. Uh, well, uh, fur coats or, or <laughs> you know, uh, whatever it might be, right, right? they would be taking the money that was rightfully for, the, so, for the, child, the child had earned. Right. And so the these concept of custodial accounts began as a construct of law and then accommodation to say, huh. how do we have children own assets? Because think about uh, uh, my kids' Pokemon cards, right? Like... I could take them away as a punishment, right? And, you know, they don't get to come take them back, right? right? But for, you know, Ricky Schroeder's uh, uh, as a kid, right? He was the one on... Silver uh, Spoons. Yes, exactly. So, you know, his money is really his. And so these custodial accounts began as a way to protect children's assets from their parents huh. and then put uh, the custodian has a duty of responsible management on it, uh, you know, manage those assets responsibly. Now, as we move along, right, where we get into is then we say, okay, well, how do you give, you know, your child a bank account, right? So right. mine aren't there yet, but at some point, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, somewhere in there, uh, most kids get a bank account, right? And you now get your ATM card. It's the first thing, I guess, now, other than the library card to go in a child's <laughs> wallet. I don't know. Um, maybe it'll be different, right? Maybe uh, uh, everything will change over the next few years, but probably not, right? Um so technically, that's almost certainly set up as a custodial account where the money that's in it is actually the child's, right? Okay. And that's how big banks and everybody gets comfortable with all the, the legal stuff around it. So with Stash, right, what you're creating is an account for your child to have money. And so you put the money in, and it becomes your child's money. But the adult, as the custodian, has 
going to manage it to make sure it's prudently managed. Sure. And so the the most likely use of this is exactly what I was talking about. If you sit down with your children and you talk about things and together you pick and you begin that journey of investing. So I can use this for a niece. I don't have children. Um, it could be a niece. Could it be a, a child of a friend? It can be anybody. That's really nice. You need a social security number. Right, so okay. it's going to be limited to U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Got it. Uh, but, you know, all children today have Social Security numbers, and you can open it for your friend's daughter or son. You can open That's it for nice. sort of anybody that you want. So here's my other question. So I've heard of 529 accounts. Yes. So what's the difference between a custodial account and a 529? Remember whenever it was that we talked and we, we got into the um, <laughs> retirement discussion? Yes, I, I do. Right, and remember how there's stash... And then there's stash for retirement. And stash for retirement is the government says, I really want you to put money away to re for retirement. And so I'm going to give you tax breaks yes. if you put it in there. But the catch is you can really only use it for retirement. So you're not supposed to open it and, and take the money out till you're 59 and a half. So government says the same thing for kids about college. I really want you to save money for college so okay. your kids can go to college. And so what I'll do is I'll let you put in money and um, at the federal level, I don't think you get a tax break. I think at the state level, you frequently get a tax break on the money you put in. But the money grows tax-free, and then you're supposed to use it for your child's education when it's time for them to go off and do you know, college and professional school, whatever it might be. So there's some restrictions on a 529 versus a custodial. Correct. Okay. So the custodial just becomes the child's when they hit the age of majority. So very state by state, but figure, you know, it's 18 years old. Okay. And they can use that money, you know, for a down payment on a home. They could use it toward their college. There's no rule they couldn't. Uh, totally correct. They can use it for anything. We would always encourage people to use it uh, in a responsible long-term way. But, and they can keep contributing you know. to it. You could Ideally, you would pass it off to them and they'll have, there'll be a few thousand dollars in there and they can just have this thing to grow on. Right. So what we really would hope, you know, when your child turns 18 or whatever the age majority is in your state, we will just convert their account from a, a custodial account into a regular stash account. And they'll be able to continue saving, investing, and they'll already then have that nest egg. And so as they come out of college and begin thinking about their emergency funds and how do they build their savings account or their long-term future, they're already going to have not just the cash head start, but they're also going to have the savings and investing habits to be able to succeed. Yeah, and the know-how, which is pretty exciting. It's big. It's going to be huge. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me about custodial accounts and about saving for our children's future. Great. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Teach Me How to Money. Send us your questions at teachmehowtomoney at stashinvest.com, and we'll try to answer them on a future episode. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on the iTunes store, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ready to start investing? Sign up for Stash and then enter the promo code PODCAST and you'll get $5 to get started on your financial journey. Stash, it's your money, simplified. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from Stash to the listener. Neither Stash nor any of its officers, directors, or employees makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any of the information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Stash, and Stash is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. 
In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice by Stash to the listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Stash.